Welcome here to breakout session number one. I've, I've entitled this little mini-series, Satan in Media. And this is part one called When Demons Invade Primetime Television. If you have a Bible, let's open up to Revelation chapter 16, verse 14. 16, 14. And once you've got that, we'll pray a prayer. This is a definitely a subject that we need angelic protection. I've been speaking on this for many, many years, in many places, written a lot of books about it. And I know that Satan does not appreciate these kind of talks. His deception of spiritualism is gigantic, and it has many tentacles, not just in media, but there's other dimensions of spiritualism which even can invade churches uh, that don't believe in talking to the dead. And it can also come into our own church, which I believe it has in some ways, which we'll talk about that as well. So are you ready? Okay, let's, let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for the chance to be here at Weimar Institute for the Western Youth Conference and to discuss what the devil is doing and what you are doing. We want to focus more on you than on Satan, but we also need to be aware of the devices of our enemies so that we can be on guard and we can warn others and we can be involved in standing for the truth in the midst of global delusion. We pray that you will bless us now as we get into this topic. May the Holy Spirit be here and may the angels be around us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, when demons invade primetime television, let's look at Revelation chapter 16, verse 14. The Bible says, for they are the spirits of what? Of devils, right? The spirits of devils working miracles which go forth to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. And what is that battle called? If you look at verse 16, it says, he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue. And what's the name of that final battle? The battle is Armageddon. And if you just look at the context here, what's happening is verse 16 identifies the name of the big final battle between God and Satan called Armageddon. And verse 14, which is part of the buildup to Armageddon, talks about the activities of spirits of devils that are going around the world to prepare people really to be on Satan's side in this great controversy. Okay, there's the verse on the screen. Now, I've given this talk in front of all kinds of different audiences, um, not just Christian, but secular and a mixture. And I build my case that there is a, a supernatural world around us, that we are, uh, we are visible beings, but there is an invisible world. And this verse is talking about the invisible world, the spirits. Verse 14 says they are the spirits. And spirits are things that you can't see. Spirits are things that we can't see. And that verse says they are spirits of devils. Now, notice uh, the word devil there. I strongly believe in a mastermind of delusion, a personal being named Lucifer. Uh, Lucifer is a fallen angel. He used to be perfect. 
he changed, his name was changed from Lucifer, meaning light bearer, to Satan, and he was kicked out of heaven. And he is now uh, the commander and chief, you might say, of an entire army of evil forces. And that verse is actually plural. It says, or at least the word there, it says they are the spirits of devils, plural, uh, meaning that there's more than one devil, more than one demon. There are, we don't know how many are out there, millions and probably billions of evil spirits. And Satan is uh, behind them all. They're the ones that were kicked out of heaven. Uh, somebody once said, and I think it's a classic line, that one of the devil's greatest deceptions is to convince humanity that there is no devil. And that's true. If he can convince people that he's not there, then the door is wide open for him to come in and to um, do what he wants to do and what he does best, which is to deceive and destroy. Now, this verse says they are the spirits of devils working miracles. Now, the word miracles uh, basically means manifestations of power, manifestations of supernatural power. When these devils who are behind the scenes do their miracles in front of people and the, they manifest themselves, uh, this implies that people who look at these miracles don't know that the miracles are coming from devils. Most of the time when people see a miracle or something supernatural, they think God did it. It's something good. But this verse tells us that it's not something good. It's something that comes from Satan and from his angels. And they manifest themselves out in the open through uh, miraculous signs and things that they do in the visible world. But most of, most of the time, they like to hide their identity and stay behind the scenes. Uh, it, it reminds me of a little event I had with my little boy when my son Seth was, I think he was about three. We were living in Paso Robles, California. And one time, Seth and I went for a walk in the neighborhood and we found ourselves in front of this big field. And the field had lots of holes in it. And there were these ground squirrels that would pop out of, the, out of their holes and they would run across this field, then they would go back into their holes. And we could see them. They were, they were bigger than squirrels. They were pretty good size. And we, could, when we watched them. They just would pop up, you know, the little head would pop up, and then they would run, and then he would, they would go under. And if my little boy decided to chase them, you know, to see if he could catch one, he, he couldn't because they were too fast, and they would just go up and down, up and down into these holes. And as I've thought about these squirrels coming out of their holes, it reminds me of this verse. The devil generally likes to stay in his hole. In other words, he likes to stay behind the scenes. But in this verse, it says he's going to be manifesting himself more and more through satanic activity, through miracles, through signs, through wonders, uh, coming out of his hole and deceiving people. But obviously, the big difference, between, well, there's a lot of differences, but one of the differences between uh, ground squirrels and devils is that when you look at a ground squirrel running across a field, if it looks like a ground squirrel, if it runs like a ground squirrel, then it is a ground squirrel. But when Satan comes out of his hole and manifests himself and does what he does, uh, he hides his identity. So people do not know what they're looking at and what they are uh, dealing with. And that's part of satanic deception. And this verse is very powerful because it tells us that the spirits of devils working miracles are going to be going forth. 
They're going to go out. They're going to spread out. And they're going to go out to the kings of the earth. Now, that word king, if you do a study of the word king in the Bible, it doesn't just refer to individual kings and leaderships, but it also refers to the kingdoms, which really this verse basically means that the devils are going out to the, to the kingdoms of the world and the nations of the world. It says the kings of the earth and of the whole world. So we can expect a, a burst of satanic activity before Jesus comes. And it says they're going out to gather people, to gather them, which means to trick them and to deceive them and to get people to be on their side, to be on the side of the devil and his angels. And they're doing this so that they can be on Satan's side when the battle, it says, of the great day of God Almighty, which is Armageddon, finally hits. That is what the devil is up to. Now, here is a quotation from the book Great Controversy, page 561. This is extremely relevant, very powerful quote. It has moved me, and it's one of the reasons that I've been launched into a focus in our ministry to try to expose the teachings of spiritualism. Uh, I work for Whitehorse Media. Whitehorse Media is based in Priest River, Idaho. We have a website, whitehorsemedia.com. And one of the battlefields that we have chosen to engage in has to do with trying to expose the, uh, the teachings and the activities of spiritualism. And this quote is one of the reasons why we have chosen to do this. Look at it carefully. It says, Satan has long been preparing for his final effort to deceive the world. The foundation of his work was laid by the assurance given to Eve in Eden, you shall not surely die. Uh, this is Great Controversy, page 561. Little by little, he has prepared the way for, and notice what this says, his masterpiece of deception in the development of what? Spiritualism. See that? Spiritualism is not just a, a small deception. It's not just, it's not just one deception of many. Uh, it is, as Ellen White identifies it, as Satan's masterpiece. So it's really um, one of the greatest deceptions that he's ever come up with. This is it. And, and then it says, he ha and, and Ellen White wrote this in the 1800s. She said, he has not yet reached the full accomplishment of his designs. And he hadn't back then, a hundred years ago. But I think times have changed and we're there and, we're, and more is coming, no doubt. It says, but th these designs, the quote says, will be reached in the last remnant of time. See that? We talk about the remnant, but this quote talks about the last remnant of time. And in the final remnant of time, what Satan has been preparing for a long time is going to reach the final accomplishment of his designs. Then it says, says the prophet, they are the spirits of devils, quoting Revelation 16, 14, the verse that we're focusing on. Working miracles, they're manifesting themselves, satanic power designed to deceive, which go forth to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. Now notice the conclusion of this paragraph, except those who are kept by the power of God through faith in his word, the whole world will be swept 
into the ranks of this delusion. See that? So if we're not being protected and if we're not connected to the Lord and if we don't have his power around us and his angels surrounding us, uh, this, this statement says that the whole world is going to be swept. It's just swept away like, like a tsunami, like a tidal wave into the ranks of this delusion. And if we're not kept by God's power, we're going to go with the world. The people are fast being lulled to a fatal security. Now, I certainly believe in security, security in Jesus, but we don't want a fatal security being secure in the wrong things. A fatal security to being awakened only by the outpouring of the wrath of God. That is a very, very powerful quote. And this is, like I said, this is one of the quotes that has motivated me to address this subject. Uh, not a lot of people are doing this. Some people are doing it. And unless uh, our ministry has protection, unless you have protection, um, you know, we're in trouble. But I believe in the power of God. I believe in the ministry of angels. And when I go to bed at night, I don't go to bed scared. I don't, you know, worry about demons attacking me because I trust the Lord. Uh, my life is surrendered to God. I've given my children to the Lord. I've given my wife to the Lord, given my house to the Lord, our ministry to the Lord, our family to the Lord. And I believe that when we do that, that we have special protection from God Almighty. Strongly believe that. And so that's why I have the confidence that I can address this subject and uh, write about it. And we've done television programs about it. We have a lot of information on our website about it. We have a, uh, one particular website called avoidthedead.com. It's a satellite site that specifically deals with spiritualism, um, especially communication with the dead, because this is one of the primary manifestations of spiritualism, although it's not the only one. And we'll go into that more as we go along. But it's one of the biggest uh, manifestations of spiritualism is communication with the dead. And there have always been people that have been involved in this kind of practice. But in the last 15 or 20 years, we have seen a major spike in people who have encountered ghosts that they believe are the dead, people that have had experiences with relatives that they think are the dead, ghosts and spirits. And I'll share with you just a, a few slides that um, address this and demonstrate this. This came out of WorldNet Daily. This is a screen capture on the screen you see of one of their articles on their website. WorldNet Daily is a major evangelical news agency that is definitely on the conservative side. They cover a lot of stories. And I'm not interested in getting into a Republican versus Democrat debate. But I just want to draw your attention to this. This came out, see, what's the date on there? February 10, 2010. So it was a little more than a year ago. Um, and it says here, the, it, there's a spirited debate. It says, spooky. The headline, one in three Democrats communicate with the dead. More likely than the GOP to consult fortune tellers believe in astrology and reincarnation. That's interesting. And then going on here, it says Democrats are far more in touch with the dead than Republicans, and they also visit fortune tellers more often, a new study reveals. The number of Americans who say they have interacted with a ghost 
has doubled in the last 13 years. The Pew Forum on Religion and Public Life revealed in its Many Americans Mix Multiple Faiths report. Now, approximately 18% of respondents say they have seen or been in the presence of a ghost, compared with only 9% in 1990 and 1996. Likewise, 29% of respondents felt that they had been in touch with someone who has already died, compared with 17% in 1990 and 18% in 1996. And so this is basically saying that there has been a spike in the last 15 years or so uh, in experiences where people believe they've encountered a ghost or a spirit of someone that has died. Uh, I gave a seminar in Seattle, Washington uh, some time ago. And as I was speaking to this crowd, this lady walked up to me after one of these meetings. And she said, I, she told me, I still remember her. She said, I have a, a male friend of mine, a man whose wife recently died. And this, uh, this man told me that his dead wife comes and visits him in his bedroom every night. And he carries on a conversation with this, uh, with this woman or this ghost. And this, this woman, not the wife, but you know, the woman that was at my seminar, she came and told me about it. And she wondered whether she ought to try to talk to her friend about who that spirit really was. And she wasn't sure. She was wrestling with that, whether she should do it. And then she kept on coming to the meetings. And then after a few more of the meetings, she learned more about what the Bible says. And then she came up to me again after another one of the meetings. And she said, I have got, I've made up my mind. I've got to try to warn my friend and talk to him and let him know that this ghost that he is uh, involved with is not really his wife. Now, why is this spike taking place? We've been told in great controversy that in the last remnant of time, there's going to be a big burst of spiritualism. We've, we've been told that. That's going to sweep the world into its ranks. Now, the question is, um, what is the, one of the vehicles by which Satan is using to try to bring spiritualism into the mainstream of our society? How is he doing it? The answer to that question is he's doing it through Hollywood. Hollywood has become uh, the major channel by which Satan is bringing the consciousness of spiritualism to the mainstream public. I'm totally convinced of that. And in the last 15 or 20 years, there have been an increasing amount of television programs and movies and, and different kinds of things that are promoting spiritualism. And this is one of the biggest ones that's happened in the last few years. It's an NBC series called Medium. You can see the picture there. It's a screen capture. Uh, it's, an NBC, it's an American television drama that premiered on NBC on January 3rd, 2005. It ended on CBS January 21, 2011. It just had its last program a few months ago. I remember I was on an airplane I believe I was coming from Chicago to Los Angeles, and I was sitting there on the plane. Uh, wasn't in, I, don't fl I never fly first class. I was in just the regular cabin. And there was a big uh, screen, a movie screen, in the main cabin. And I wasn't watching it. I was reading something. I remember glancing up, and a commercial flashed on the screen. And as this commercial flashed up, there was a picture of this blonde woman, a very nice, attractive blonde. 
and it was and the the screen showed her um, getting the kids out of bed, and a, a sentence came at the bottom that said 6:30 a.m. Prepare the kids for school, and then the next scene she's cooking breakfast in her home. She's got her children and she's feeding them, and the line said 7:30. You know, eat breakfast, uh, get ready to send the kids off to school, and then. The scene changed, and you see her vacuuming the house. Now the kids are gone, and she's, you know, she looks very nice and sweet and friendly. And uh, the line comes up on the bottom of the screen that said, 9.30, clean the house. And then the scene switched again, and then it said, 11 o'clock, talk to the dead. And then the next picture was an advertisement for people to watch medium about this woman who sees what others can't. Now, what many people don't realize is that Medium is not just uh, a, a fiction program. This woman in the Medium series, uh, she has this apparent gift, this ability to see those that have died. And she uses her gift for the benefit of humanity. She works for law enforcement. She works with police officers. And what she basically does is she tries to help them solve crimes. So if there is a, a murder in the area and the police are trying to figure out who did it, they will often go to uh, Alison Dubois, that's her name, in the series, and they'll go to Alison and they'll ask her, uh, you know, who did it? What do you know? And she'll try to make contact with the victim. And once she, f she makes contact with the victim, the victim will then let her know who the murderer is, and she'll, so she'll tell the police. And that's how they, she helps them to solve the crime. And what many people don't realize is that Alison Dubois is a real person. This is not just a fiction series. This is based upon the real life story of a real woman named Alison Dubois. There is a picture of the real Alison Dubois. This lady is an actress who plays her. Here also is a picture of, of Alison, the real Alison. She's got her own website. She has a 2000 event, uh, 11 event schedule where she's traveling. Let's see, where are we? We're in May. We're in June, so this gets cut off. But earlier this year, she's been in Dallas. She's been in San Antonio. She's been in Orange County, California, Tucson, Arizona. Uh, she is a woman that is a real spiritualist. And the whole Medium series is based upon her life. And she is actually the lead consultant behind the series, or, or when the series was still, still running. She's a New York Times bestselling author. When she was six years old, she had an encounter with a ghost in her room where this spirit appeared to her and said that it was, this, it was one of her dead relatives and the spirit had a message for her mom to tell her mother that there's no more pain. Everything is fine on the other side. And as a six-year-old, she was uh, very impressed with this encounter. And this is what eventually led her to make a professional career out of being a medium. And she really does work for law enforcement. And the whole medium series is based upon the facts of her life. And so a lot of people don't realize that when, when you watch a TV program, uh, this series is based upon the real thing. And I'm totally convinced that the real ideas of spiritualism are being communicated through this, this television series. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, medium started on NBC, it ended on CBS, and CBS decided at the early days of the series to, because it was so popular, because Medium was so popular, they wanted to, to uh, bring out a, a rival series. 
and they called it Ghost Whisperer. Instead of about a blonde, this is about a brunette who also has the same gift of an ability to whisper to ghosts, to see ghosts, and to help uh, people through, this, through the use of this gift. Here it says, this is another American television supernatural drama, which ran on CBS from September 23rd, 2005, to May 21, 2010. So both of these series are off the air, but they both ran for many years, and they've been watched by people all over the world. My mother is Jewish. She's not a believer in Jesus at this point. I pray for her a lot. Her name's Sandy, if you want to pray for her. She's been to Weimar a couple of times years ago when she had some health problems. But anyway, she was a big Ghost Whisperer fan, and she, she told me once, she said, oh, I just love Ghost Whisperer. It's just such a great, great series. Uh, the actress, she just says, she said, she's so cute, and I just really like watching this. So a lot of people have watched these programs. Now, just like with, um, with uh, Medium, the same thing is true with Ghost Whisperer. It's not just a fiction series. This is a picture of a man named James Van Pra. He is the co, or at least he was, the co-executive producer of the Ghost Whisperer series uh, in Hollywood. And James Van Pra is one of the most well-known professional mediums of this generation. This is James's website. There you can see a picture of him. He's got books. He's a New York Times selling New York Times best-selling author. He's got an online course on how to do what he does. He has a calendar of events. Uh, this particular ad shows him being in Laguna Beach, February 23, 2011. It says, this will sell out. Order your tickets today. Uh, this man is an evangelist for spiritualism, just like Alison Dubois. Here's another one. John Edward. John Edward has had a, a television series called Crossing Over with John Edward. He's very popular. He's also a New York Times best-selling author. He's, uh, he travels around the world, and he holds seminars. This is his website. 2011, you can see in February, he's been in New Orleans, Lincoln, Nebraska, Des Moines, Iowa, Atlanta, Georgia, uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Here's a picture of him holding a seminar. People go onto his website. They click this uh, YouTube video, I think it is, and they can watch him holding a seminar even if they can't go to his meetings. It says, get your free email newsletter, sign up now. Uh, all of these people, they look like, you know, they are very friendly people. Alison Dubois, she's friendly. Uh, James Van Pra, nice guy. Jonathan Edward, nice guy. Uh, you know, these people are, are sincere and they really believe they've been given a gift of communication with those that have died and they're trying to bring this gift to the public and they're, they're riding the talk show circuit and they are on mainstream television they are evangelists for spiritualism. Here is another one, Sylvia Brown. I don't know if you've heard of Sylvia Brown or not. She's extremely popular. She's actually a pastor of a church. And she preaches from the Bible. But she doesn't preach about the Bible verses to talk about communication with the dead. That's something she does not do. But she's a big author, and uh, she, it's just amazing the success that this woman has had. The public is hungering for information about what's going on on the other side, what happens after death. And these people are filling into that, that gap. They're meeting a need, or at least trying to, but there's a big problem with all of this. 
as we know. Uh, this is another screen capture of a movie that came out last October, October 22nd. Any significance to that date? Remember that date in Seventh Day Adventist history, October 22nd? Well, somebody chose to pick October 22nd as the launch date for Hereafter. It was a Clint Eastwood film about a man, uh, Matt Damon, starred in it. And it's about a, a reluctant psychic who communicates with the dead. Here it says... He, he talks with the dead, genuinely talks with the dead. But he tries to get away from his gift, and there's a whole drama behind the, uh, the movie. But anyway, this is just another example. And there are, there's example after example after example. Harry Potter is a big one. This is probably one of the biggest. I think everybody's heard of Harry Potter, and I'll talk about this more in, in our, next, our next talk, Harry Potter Wicca. And Bible prophecy. This is a picture of one of the DVD covers of the Potter series. Seven, uh, seven novels in the Harry Potter series. Eight movies. There's still another movie on the horizon. This is a little uh, YouTube screen capture from one of their little video clips about Harry and his friend Ron going to school at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. And in this particular scene, they go into the bathroom, and here's the ghost of a dead girl named Myrtle, moaning Myrtle, and they have quite a conversation with her. And they do this throughout the Potter series. It's very, it's on the humorous side, uh, she's, she's a funny girl, and they talk a lot about all kinds of things. And people think, hey, this is all just fantasy, fiction, you know, no problem. But the reality is, you know, what is this teaching? What is Harry Potter teaching? What is medium teaching? What is ghost whisperer teaching? What is, uh, what is John Edward teaching? What is hereafter teaching? What is Harry Potter teaching? These are all movies and television series that have been watched by millions and millions and millions and millions of people. And they are communicating the ideas of spiritualism. That's why I'm convinced that Satan is using Hollywood and he's using these programs in, in an unprecedented way and that we are really in the last remnant of time as Great Controversy tells us. Now, this is a very scary picture. Uh, I mean, it doesn't look scary, but this is also a, a news report. I believe this came out of WorldNet Daily. Now, no, I'm sorry, this is Fox News. The title here is Pink Ouija Board Targets Young Girls and It Riles Critics. This is dated uh, February 6, 2010. And there you see a picture of a Ouija board, but it's a pink Ouija board. And it's, it's a very nice looking. And it, is, uh, it was put out by Toys R Us. And it's targeting kids. Here it says a pink version of the popular Ouija board game has some critics seeing red. Fox News is generally on the conservative side. It says, uh, this is designed for young girls ages eight and older, but some say the mysterious product is a dangerous spiritual game that opens up anyone, particularly Christians, to attacks upon their souls. The game continues to be sold at Toys R Us locations in the US and Canada for $19.99. Uh, I've heard stories of Adventist kids that have played with Ouija boards in academies. 
and had some very, very scary experiences. I uh, heard about one, one experience where one girl, she was actually, she had been dabbling in these kind of things and she went to bed in her dorm room one night and she was actually lifted off of her bed and she was taken up right up to the ceiling and she was laying there flat right up against the ceiling and then she heard a voice on the right side of her. It was an evil voice and the voice said, she's mine. And then another voice on the left side of her, a different voice, said, no, you can't have her. You can't have her. She's mine. And these voices went back and forth, back and forth, debating over this girl. One of them said, she's mine. You can't have her. She's been, she's been dabbling in, in the things of, of evil. And then the other voice came back and said, no, uh, she, she may have been doing this, but someone's been praying for her or her mother's been praying for her, and you can't have her. She's mine. And this dialogue's been going back and forth, back and forth, and eventually the dialogue ended and she just dropped down back onto her bed. And I don't imagine that she continued to play with Ouija boards after that. I could tell you all kinds of spooky stories. Uh, there was one particular girl that I was dialoguing with through email for quite a while that had come out of, uh, out of occultism. And I was trying to help her to reconnect with the Lord. She actually grew up in the Adventist church, but she went into the occult. And she had some very scary experiences, and she was trying to get back, back to Jesus. And so we were emailing each other, and I was trying to encourage her. And at one point, I sent her an email, and, and from her email address, I got an email back. And the email back said, it said, back off, Wahlberg, she's mine. That's what the email said. Can you imagine getting an email like that? Back off, she's mine. And I read that and I just went, whoa. And so I, didn't, I don't believe that we should dialogue with demons. I don't believe that at all. I think we should, no conversation. But what I did was I typed in a Bible verse. There's a verse in Romans, I think it's chapter 16, verse 20, that says, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. And I wrote that verse into my subject or into my, uh, the body of my email and I sent it, sent it right back to the devil. Just the Bible verse. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. And then a little while later, I got another email back from the same e email address and it was my friend. And she, uh, she said, what happened? What, did something just happen? And she didn't know. You know. She wasn't aware of what had just gone on. But... I knew, and I, and I could tell you other stories, all kinds of stories. But anyway, the devil's very real, and he's targeting children. He's targeting young people. Uh, there's a couple of, of instances in, in the Gospels where uh, Jesus was confronted by this little boy who had been you know, thrown into the fire, thrown into the water, and the father brought this little boy and said, Jesus, cast the demon out of, out of my son. And Jesus said, how long has this been going on? And then the man said, from childhood, from since he was a little child, he's been doing this. And then there's another, another account where a woman come, came to Jesus and said, please, my daughter is possessed by the devil. Please he heal her. And Jesus did. And as I've thought about both of those, I've thought, you know, the devil is ruthless. I mean, he targets uh, little girls. He targets little boys. He'll use... Toys R Us, pink Ouija boards. He'll do whatever he can do to work his way into people's hearts 
and into people's lives. Now, the Bible is very, very clear. Revelation 16, as we already read, simply just warns about the activities of the spirits of devils. But when it comes to communication with the dead, the Bible is very, very clear that this is something we should have nothing to do with. And, and when I have my, my public seminars, these are verses that I show. Deuteronomy 8.11 is part of a list of occult activities that God's people are warned to have nothing to do with. Stay away from them. Don't get involved in them. Don't dabble of them, uh, in them. Don't, don't, out of curiosity's sake, just check it out and try to find out uh, is, this, is this real or isn't it? And here's a list of the kind of activities that we should have nothing to do with. And verse 11, this is the New King James, talks about a medium or a spiritist or one who calls up the dead. It says, don't be involved in this at all. And the next verse says, for all that do these things are an abomination to the Lord. And the Lord will drive out these nations. What was happening was Israel was coming out of Egypt they were now in the wilderness. They were on the edge of the promised land. And God was giving them a list of the kind of things that the people are going to be doing in the promised land. And actually, why don't we take a look at this first? This is, uh, this is worth looking at. Deuteronomy chapter 18. We need to be grounded in these verses. Deuteronomy 18 verse 9. Moses was talking to the Israelites, and he said, When you come into the land, which was the promised land, which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. Now, notice, learn to do. Before a person does, what happens prior to the doing? Learning. That's right. First they learn about it, and then they do it. Some people think, well, I'm not going to do it. But I just want to learn about it. I just want to watch Medium or Ghost Whisperer or some of these programs because I'm just curious to see what they have to say. But I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to learn about it. Is that a temptation? It, that's exactly what it is. It's a temptation. And God says don't even learn to do because before you do, you learn. And what's happening is through Hollywood, through Harry Potter and through all these programs that teach spiritualism, people are learning about spiritualism. Yeah. And before they know it, they're learning, and the next thing is they're doing it. They lose a loved one. They want to find out how to contact their loved one. They go to someone like John Edward or James Van Praa or Alison Dubois. They read their books, and they go to these readings, these psychic readings, or to uh, modern seances that sometimes happen right on the Internet to try to make contact with their dead loved ones. But God says these are abominations. And then verse 10 and 11 gives a list of many different occult activities. And in verse 11 there it says, someone that's a medium. And I think it's pretty significant that the word medium there was picked as the name of one of the most popular NBC television series of all time. Same word that's in the Bible or a spiritist, or someone that calls up the dead. Verse 12 says, All that do these things are an abomination to the Lord, and because of these abominations, the Lord your God will drive them out from before you. You shall be perfect with the Lord your God. Verse 14 says, For these nations which you shall possess, they listen to the observers of times and to diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not suffered you to do so. 
See, here he's talking to his own people. He says, when you get into the promised land, the nations that are going to be all around you, these are the kind of things that those nations do. They do this. They go to mediums. They go to spiritualists. They try to call up the dead. But this is not something that God wants you to do. So I don't think we should be watching these programs. Uh, I, I think probably the safest thing to do really today is not to have a television set at all. I mean, if you can, if you can live without TV, you're much better off. That's for sure. Now, some people feel like, well, I just, you know, I need to see something. I need to know what's going on in the world. And, you know, whatever your beliefs about that, I think the safest thing to do is not to have a television. But if you do have one, you should be very careful what you watch. Because Satan can definitely work through Hollywood, through mediums, through, uh, through, the, through the medium of, of TV, through movies, through novels. He can work through all these things. If we think, well, just because this is fiction, uh, it's not, it's not going to affect me. You know, these things do affect people. And they are channels. I became a Seventh-day Adventist because I turned on the television one day and I saw George Vandeman. And he was talking about the Bible Sabbath. God used the TV to reach me. And I certainly believe in uh, 3ABN and in the Hope Channel and in programs that, uh, that, we, that are good programs that are on these networks. But if God can use television to reach a soul, then so can the devil. And we need to be clear on that. Satan can use television too, directly. He can go right into your mind with his ideas. And the Bible here says that God doesn't want his people to learn or have anything to do with these things. Verse 15 says, The Lord your God will raise up to you a prophet from the midst of you, of your brethren like unto me. Unto him shall you hearken. Now, who is this prophet? The prophet is Jesus. That's right. And so God says in verses 9 to 11, don't be involved in all the occult activities. And then he says, listen to Jesus. Listen to Jesus. He's the one he wants us to focus on. Job 7 and 9 Verse 9 says, as the cloud is consumed and vanishes away, so he that goes down to the grave shall come back and talk to you. Is that right? Is that what it says? No, it says he shall come up no more. Verse 10 says he shall return no more to his house, neither shall his place know him anymore. So these verses are clear that when a, person's die, when a person dies, their ghost can't come back and visit you. Uh, when I was a, a little boy, I remember we had a, a lady in the Hollywood Hills that used to come in, and my parents hired her to clean our house. Her name was Mary. And I remember Mary told me one day, she talked about her husband that had died, and she said, Honey, my husband walked right through my, right through my screen door into my bedroom, and I had a conversation with him. I remember she was a big lady, and I just remember her telling me that. Honey, my husband walked right in through the screen door of my bedroom, and I had a conversation with him. I have another friend of mine named Paul, and Paul told me that before he became a Christian, he had a girlfriend, and his girlfriend died, and he didn't know what the Bible said, and he had an encounter with his girlfriend coming back to, to him. He thought it was her, and she gave him a big hug and a kiss. After he learned from the Bible what the Bible says, that the dead do not come back to your house, they can't come and communicate with, with you anymore, then he knew, yikes, that was not his his girlfriend. Uh, Revelation 16, verse 14. Who are they? The Bible is very clear who they are. The Bible says they are the spirits of devils. 
and they're working miracles, and they go forth to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. Let's look at this quote again. 16, I'm sorry, Great Controversy, page 561. Satan has long been preparing for his final effort to deceive the world. See that? The foundation of his work was laid by the assurance given to Eve in Eden. You shall not surely die, which basically Satan says there's no death, so that when you die, you're not really dead. And if when you die, you're not really dead, then you can come back and visit someone from the other side. That's, that's the foundation of spiritualism is that verse going right back to the Garden of Eden. Little by little, he has prepared the way. He's been doing it down throughout history, little by little by little by little, for his masterpiece of deception in the, in the development of spiritualism. spiritualism. Spiritualism was on the rise in the 1800s during the time of Ellen White. It became a, a major movement as a result of the Fox sisters, these two girls, having a conversation with ghosts. Did we, did we lose our breaker? Okay, well, hopefully we'll get, we got, still got the audio, right? Okay, we'll keep going. Anyway, that's how spiritualism got going uh, in America in a larger way. And it says, the quote says, little by little, this has been going on. And then it says, he has not yet reached the full accomplishment of his designs. And that was in the 1800s, not yet. But it will be reached in the last remnant of time. And reading a statement like that, and, I, and as I look around what's going on in Hollywood and all these different movies and the popularity of spiritualism and these evangelists for spiritualism, these New York Times best-selling authors, um, to me, it's very, very clear that we are now living in the last remnant of time. And then the verses quoted there, Revelation 16, 14, except those who are kept by the power of God through faith in his word, the whole world will be swept into the ranks of this delusion. See that? Wow, the people are fast being lulled to a fatal security to be awakened only by the outpouring of the wrath of God. Now, I wanna read a, a quote to you from Great Controversy in the chapter on spiritualism. I've still got 10 minutes left. Um, in this edition of Great Controversy, there's a chapter that is specifically called Spiritualism. It's in the, it's in the book Great Controversy. It starts on page uh, 551. And it's all about spiritualism and the danger of communication with the dead. It says Satan has power to bring before men the appearance of their departed friends. The counterfeit is perfect. The familiar look, the words, the tone are reproduced with marvelous distinctness. Many are comforted with the assurance that their loved ones are enjoying the bliss of heaven. And without suspicion of danger, they give ear to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. That's page 552. Now, as she continues to talk about this, uh, what she does, Ellen White does something very significant. She takes a turn in her study of spiritualism or her warning about it. And she talks about how spiritualism is changing its form. It has many different tentacles. And on page 557, 
She says, it is true that spiritualism is now changing its form and veiling some of its more objectionable features, and it is assuming a Christian guise. It's taking on a, a Christian veneer. Now then, she talks about uh, how it's, it's even more dangerous when it does that. And then she starts identifying what are some of the teachings of spiritualism in a Christian form that, that is actually coming into churches. Now listen to what she says here. This is page 558 of Great Controversy. She says, um, while, it, while spiritualism formerly denounced Christ in the Bible, it now professes to accept both. And that's what uh, Sylvia Brown does. She's a spiritualistic pastor of a church who professes to believe in the Bible. And then it says, but the Bible is interpreted in a manner that is pleasing to the unrenewed heart, while its solemn and vital truths are made of no effect. Now listen to this. It says, love is dwelt upon as the chief attribute of God. Now, is love the chief attribute of God? It is. Yes, it is. So, but notice the way she, she shows how spiritualism twists this. It says, love is dwelt upon as the chief attribute of God, but it is degraded. Love is, is degraded. It says, to a weak sentimentalism, making little distinction between good and evil. That's a false love. When people say that, that love is the chief attribute of God, but they don't show that that love uh, differentiates between good and evil, this is a, uh, a false view of God. It's a degraded view of love. And then it says God's justice, his denunciations of sin, the requirements of his holy law are all kept out of sight. All kept out of sight. Pleasing, bewitching fables captivate the senses and lead men to reject the Bible as the foundation of their faith. Christ is verily denied as before, but Satan has so blinded the eyes of the people that the deception is not discerned. So even in our own church, if there is a focus on the love of God that uh, really degrades God's love into a weak sentimentalism so that that, that the kind of love that is being promoted uh, doesn't distinguish between good and evil, between right and wrong, and keeps God's justice and his denunciations of sin and his requirements of, that are in his holy law, if they keep these things out of sight and don't mention them, then this is really, according to this chapter, this is a Christianized form of the teachings of spiritualism. Because that's basically what the spirits say. The spirits, when they manifest themselves into the open through their miracles, they basically say, you know, however you live, uh, heaven is your home. We'll, we'll all get there because a loving God is just waiting to welcome you on the other side. That's basically what the spirits are teaching. And so those kind of teachings can also even come into our own church. And that's why it's so important that we understand biblically the true character of God according to the Bible. Uh, here's a book that I've written about this, and we've got a box of those books in the back. 
And if you want one of those, we're going to make them available for $10. They're normally more expensive than that. But this book is called Demons in Disguise, The Dangers of Talking to the Dead. And you can see a picture of a sort of a ghostly face there and a silhouette behind it of an evil, uh, an evil angel that is behind these appearances of these ghosts. Uh, we debated about that cover, whether we should keep that cover or not, whether it was too scary. And everybody we showed it to, they said, we need, to, we need to keep it, because it gets people's attention. And the book is not a scary book, but the book just documents from the media and from the Bible uh, what's going on in society and how spiritualism is on the rise and how it is a masterpiece of deception. And then it lifts up Jesus Christ and God's love and his character and the truth about the cross and invites people to listen to Jesus instead of to spirits. Uh, we, as I mentioned, we also have a website, avoidthedead.com. Every time Halloween comes along, our ministry sends out a press release to, to major media trying to get interviews about ghosts. And what we do is basically pitch the idea, is, is it possible for the ghosts of the people that have died to come back and talk to the dead? Steve Wahlberg is an author of this book, Demons in Disguise, and I'm available for interviews. And I've been on hundreds and hundreds of shows uh, discussing all kinds of Bible subjects, including spiritualism. And we hit it hard, and we point to that to that verse in the Bible about the spirits of, of devils. Now, I've got about f five minutes left, so I've got to wrap this up. Uh, Revelation 16, 15, I didn't, didn't read this verse. Verse 14 talks about the spirits of devils going all over the world, which is what's happening right now. And then verse 15 says, blessed is he that watches and keeps his garments. Keeps his garments. Lest he walk naked and see his shame. What are these garments all about? What, what are those garments? They're the garments of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That's right. So when you read Revelation 14 or chapter 16 carefully, what, what Jesus is doing is he is pronouncing a blessing upon those who watch, which doesn't mean watching all these TV programs or movies, but it means watching out for deception and those that hold on to the garments of his righteousness. That's what it's talking about. So the message of Christ and his righteousness is right in the middle of the section about the spirits and about the battle of Armageddon. And the demons basically say, you know, you don't need to repent. You don't need Jesus' righteousness to cover you for, from your sins. You're fine just as you are because you have an immortal soul. And when you die, you're just going to go right to glory. And then you can come back and talk to your, your loved ones. That's what the spirits teach. They say you don't really need Jesus Christ. You don't need a savior. You don't need his robe of righteousness. But we do need his righteousness. We need his perfect robe. And Jesus has sandwiched that message right in the heart of the warning about spiritualism. So there's a picture of Jesus putting a robe of righteousness around a, a, a lady. And I am totally convinced that it's only through the protection of the righteousness of Jesus Christ, it's only through the power of the Holy Spirit, it's only through the protection of his angels that any of us can be uh, protected from these forces that are going to sweep the world in these last days. So, and it's happening right now. It is happening now. It's all over the planet. It's everywhere. Let me see if that's my last slide. Oh, here's my last slide. Revelation 22, 17. And the spirit and the bride say come. So when I talk about spiritualism in my book, when I talk about it on the radio, when we talk about it on our website, when we uh, put out tracks on this subject, our ultimate goal is not just to expose the devil, but it's to lift up the Lord. It's not just to expose the darkness, but lift up the light. It's not just to tell people stay away from ghosts and evil spirits, but to tell people that they need the Holy Spirit inside their lives 
and that they need the robe of the righteousness of Jesus. And this is our protection in these final days. That's our protection. And so that's basically what I have to tell you about um, uh, part one of Satan's working through, through, um, through the media. And spiritualism is a big one. It's a big one. And we all have to be careful. Recognize the signs of the times. And I've just thought about, I thought, you know, if the Satan and his angels can, uh, are communicating with people directly, it just makes sense to me that this is a time when the Lord wants to be communicating directly with his people through the Holy Spirit and um, through the counsel that he's given us and to protect us with his holy angels. So does that make sense? Did you get the message? Got it loud and clear? Stay away from these programs. Draw close to Jesus. Um, if you're interested in picking up my book, Demons in Disguise, we've got a stack of them in the back. Like I said, $10 a book. Uh, it's, a, it's a great book for reading and sharing. It's very enlightening. It's written for the public, and it's designed to help the public to understand the dangers of, uh, of spiritualism and ultimately to bring them to Jesus Christ. So let's bow our heads and let's pray. Dear God, Heavenly Father, it seems so obvious that we are now in the last remnant of time. Satan's masterpiece of deception is right now sweeping the world. And people don't know it. There, many of them are very sincere. Even these mediums uh, are sincere, but they're sincerely wrong. And they're being deceived by a subtle devil and by his evil angels. And we pray, Lord, that you will keep us from these deceptions and help us to stay focused on Jesus and on Christ our righteousness. Help us to understand the character of God as revealed in the Bible. Help us to follow the counsel that you've given us. Uh, please protect us by the power of God. Surround us with your holy angels and keep us safe and at peace in these last days. Prepare us for heaven, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.